Welcome to episode 12 of the MJ Sports Podcast. My name is Mark and I'm joined by Jonas and this is your week of sports in review. Sports, 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 And we are back and we are here to provide you with a massive dose of caffeine. But that caffeine is sports news. Back to the liquids again. <laughs> well, technically, this is a molecule, okay? Well, okay, you're right, you're right. Caffeine so, is generally associated with a beverage, so... Yes, maybe we can just inject it with needles right into our veins. I'm pretty sure that's the dangerous way to do it, but... I, uh, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> you know, I, I say we get off of talking about needles and veins and get into the sports here. Yes, I agree. And Mark, what in the NFC East? <laughs> I, I have no idea what's going on there. I mean, Washington knocking off the Steelers. I mean, <laughs> I never saw that happening in a million years. Well, I mean, it's Alex Smith. I remember talking about like five weeks or, or like week five of the season. I was like, it's Alex Smith time. He's, you know, he's going to come back. And, you know, honestly, I didn't believe it then, but it's looking like a miraculous healing. And maybe they can sneak into the playoffs. Well, and once again, you know, their defense is phenomenal. So all you need is fairly mediocre offense to get you by and win games. I mean, the Steelers have kind of done that. <laughs> In a couple of their games, and they did it all of last year. So, um, you know, Washington's taken a good old play out of Pittsburgh's playbook. But but they have to deal with the Colt McCoy-led New York Giants this past week, overtaking Seattle. And Seattle, they were looking pretty good the last two weeks, and once again they just crash and burn. Well, this is just a testament to Colt McCoy ten years after he was drafted. Finally getting the chance he deserves. <laughs> this is his first win as a starter since like 2012, I think. I couldn't believe it's been 10 years like since he's been drafted. That was, when they when they announced that stat, I was like, man, I'm getting old. Uh, it's, it's crazy because it feels like just yesterday he got injured in the national championship game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's not forget... He's not the only new quarterback in the division. We've got Jalen Hurts Ooh, baby. taking now, this, over the Eagles. This is like, I think the one thing I, I kind of want to debate a little bit about here is, is, yes, Carson Wentz has been sucking real bad this year, but do you really believe that Jalen Hurts is the guy for the Eagles going forward? Or is this just like a, short term like mm, we're bad but now we're losing in style so if you were watching the game when Jalen Hurts came in they did go on a 13-0 run there when he came in now granted he had a lot of scrambling yards there the Packers defense probably wasn't you know exactly prepared for that but sometimes when you make a change like this I mean it seems like the team kind of goes on a bit of a run. I don't think this is a long-term thing because uh, of Carson Wentz, Wentz's contract and 
uh, based off what Doug Peterson's been saying, you know, he's he's been talking about how Carson Wentz is still a phenomenal football player and all that, whether you believe that or not. Um, so I, I think it's going to be something. Maybe they roll with Jalen Hurts for a couple games. I, you know, usually, I'm going to guess Hurts is going to struggle at some point. Wentz is going to come back in, and who knows where it'll go from there. So, Well, I figure Hurts will probably have a couple games here where he looks really good because nobody's seen him play. So I figure he'll look somewhat decent. And honestly, there's nothing I would love more than for Carson Wentz to get traded or cut, which wouldn't financially make sense for the Eagles. But I would love that because, honestly, I don't think he is really that bad. I don't think he's as bad as what he's been this year. But I can tell you, Jalen Hurts, I'm making a hard prediction. Jalen Hurts will not be a good quarterback in the NFL. So, Yeah, I mean, it's you can't evaluate him off of this game. He made some good throws. You know, He had some good runs, but he did step into a couple sacks there. Granted, the Eagles' O-line was doing them no favors. I mean, it pretty much seemed like even when the Packers weren't sacking the quarterback, you know, the, the pocket was closing in fast. So, I mean, it's going to take a couple games for the Eagles to really, and other in defenses and other teams in the league, to really feel like they know what Jalen Hurts really is. So, Yeah, and I, I'll say... They need to reform how they do training. They need to get a new trainer or somebody. Because the fact that their whole team has been hurt the last, like, three years, I mean, that's got to be training. I mean, with guys like Alshon Jeffrey, I think they just need to. Well, with with him yeah. and Deshaun Jackson, I yeah. think those are just two old men trying yeah. to hang on to what they have left. They, they might as well add Des to that list, but. Ooh. <laughs> hey. No need to, you know, talk bad about Dez. That man has been through a struggle since we released him. Well, and he said he's he said he's done with football for this year, so. Did he say that? I, I mean, I know he got, like, kind of just randomly pulled and tested right before the game, but I didn't know he said he was done with football. Yeah, he, he tweeted afterwards saying that he didn't want to, after going through this stuff and everything this season, he says he's done with this year at least. Honestly, so. I... I feel like he has to be at least somewhat decent. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't help that he went to New Orleans. And he, honestly, if he went towards Achilles that season, who knows what he might have done. But, I mean, you have Lamar Jackson who, I, I mean, yeah, he looked pretty good yesterday. But just passing the ball is just, I, I don't know, it's not Lamar's strong suit. I don't think he's really going to average more than 250 yards in a season, you know, per game. So, I don't know. I feel like Dez needs to go somewhere, honestly, somewhere like the Packers, who just has somebody who slings the ball. He needs a guy like Rodgers or even somebody like Philip Rivers who's not afraid to just chuck it up, and that way he can just kind of build some confidence because he is like a very emotional player. So, Yeah, I agree there. But... Well, Mark, just quick prediction here. Who wins the NFC East? The, the football team or the Giants? You know, a couple weeks ago, I probably would have said the Giants. But Washington really seems to be playing a lot better now. Um, 
I mean, obviously, I still feel like New York's a slightly more together, like, all-around team. But Washington's defense is good enough to where if if Alex Smith can just play an okay game, I think I'm going to go with the Washington football team. I think I'm going to agree with you. And I think, I mean, at this point, they're going to play – Probably Seattle would be my guess. It's going to be Seattle or the Rams would be the five seed. So that's who one of these teams would play. And I don't know. I think I think they could sneak it, sneak a, a playoff win potentially. Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting. I mean, you know, especially with the way Seattle, I mean, with the way Seattle's played over the last couple of weeks and. I mean, we we know how the Rams can look if Jared Goff isn't on. So, I mean, like you said, if 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 Washington pressures Jared Goff, I mean, Jared Goff under pressure just looks absolutely atrocious. So, yeah, and then obviously the Giants just beat Seattle with Colt McCoy. So, I I mean, knows? honestly, if the offense can just put up like twenty one points, you're hoping that you're in the game there. Yeah, you know. Like, your defense isn't going to give up 40, 45 points. So you should be able to keep it close at least if you can get to that at least about that 21-point mark, in my opinion. But Yeah. Well, you want to turn and look at uh, some more shake-up, uh, the NFC North. What do you think about the Packers? I mean, I know we kind of touched on the Eagles a little bit, but uh, you feel confident that the Packers can uh, keep going? Oh, yeah. Offense is rolling right now. I mean, they've been rolling all year. I mean, again, aside from Tampa, you know, even in the games where we've if they've been closer, the offense hasn't been the problem. So, and Devontae Adams is just ridiculous. I, I mean, he's out there making some phenomenal catches. I mean, the two touchdown catches he had, I mean, were just – like the strength that he has in his hands is just ridiculous. And then he had that, it was like a 40-yard bomb from Rodgers that threaded the needle between two defenders. And I remember Rodgers said that he couldn't believe Devontae caught it either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, and then, you know, you've got Aaron Jones too. Like, I mean, so, I mean, the offense is fine. I mean, the defense has actually been able to produce some pressure. The run defense still isn't great. You know, the Eagles were able to run all over our defense. We, we were only able to have possession for about three minutes in that first quarter because they ran. Um, so that's still obviously a problem, and I think we all expected it to be a problem because the Packers did nothing to address that. But they are starting to get more pressure. Rashawn Gary is a big reason for that. He was our number one, our first-round pick last year. Um, He's proven that he's a great pass rusher. Um, So I'm feeling better there at least. Uh, I'm still not entirely confident against a team who can really run the ball and is actually willing to stick with it. But I mean, I'm feeling pretty good as a Packers fan. I mean, last year going into the playoffs, I didn't feel – that great about our team because we we didn't really seem like we were clicking every loss every win seemed like an ugly one this year we look a whole lot more dominant with a lot more energy so yeah and i'll say uh mark there's a there's an instagram poll that uh determined 
Devontae Adams was the number one receiver in the NFL. Um, so at least you have that win. Well, and if he, he's done everything he's done in 10 games, so even yeah, it's even, ridiculous. Like if he had played all, if he hadn't missed those two games earlier in the year, he'd probably be leading almost every category. Honestly, like he's been so good. I don't, I didn't even remember he missed two games. Yeah. <laughs> he's been like that good. So. Right. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal. He's a huge weapon. He's going to make some unreal money next year. Uh, so, but, uh, and then, you know, the rest of the NFC North, you have the bears continuing to spiral, um, which, I mean, if you're a Bears fan, I guess you're just hoping like you do every year that this gets somebody in the front office fired. <laughs> um, but they, they honestly, if they end up being like the number eight draft pick or something, do, do they try to trade up and maybe grab Justin Fields or something? Oh, I, I think they've absolutely got to think about that. However, you got to think that the thought would be in the back of their mind. They traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. If they trade up again, mm. and if they, who they trade for doesn't turn out to be a franchise quarterback, you got to think that that's going to look really bad on the organization to do that twice. But, I mean, I think, obviously, I think someone like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence is obviously a way better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky, who... Had almost no college film. Well, and here's the other thing is they they took a guy who didn't even know what a hard count was. Like, if I saw that video of John Gruden asking Trubisky, you know, do you run a hard count? And he goes, what's a hard count? He shouldn't even be drafted. He should be undraftable at that point. You're a college quarterback and you don't know what it is. I, I like, I play Madden and I know what a hard count is. Like, <laughs> well, like does, does Trubisky never even play Madden? Like, come on, like. Seriously, I mean, I think Justin Fields would have somewhat uh, of a better success, but, I mean, you know how these Ohio State quarterbacks have been. But, uh, but yeah. I, mean, I mean, that offense is in complete shambles. I don't think Allen Robinson's going to re-sign at this point, even if they do give him an offer. I mean, he seems pretty upset about everything. Um, outside of Allen Robinson, they don't really have much for wide receivers, like – well, that 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 uh, Darnell Mooney guy. Yeah, he he looks pretty good. It, yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, outside of, I mean, that gives you like two wide receivers. One of them still fairly new to the league. Yeah, and I know what you're saying there, because, but but really, like if they just had a quarterback, that would literally just solve all their problems. Well, and they so. need to improve their O line. They their play calling is some of the worst though. Like. They do not run the ball enough. David Montgomery. Oh, he's yeah, he's been great like the last couple games. It, it's the same story as Jordan Howard. It's literally the exact same thing. They moved on from Jordan Howard just so they could draft David Montgomery. They never ran Jordan Howard as much as they should have. And well, David, did, Mon- they never run David Montgomery. I mean, David Montgomery a lot of games. Like, I think it was a week ago, he had 10 carries. Against the Packers, he had, like, 10 carries and 110 yards. Like, Well, and, and do you remember uh, Jeremy Langford? The guy oh, yeah. before, like, had one year before Jordan Howard. Put up great numbers. Yeah, forget about him. <laughs> yeah. And then, same thing with Jordan Howard, like you said. And 
Yeah, but I, I mean, I agree. I, but if they had a quarterback, like a decent quarterback, like let's say if they had Kirk Cousins, right? They're probably seven and five, at oh, least. Yeah, definitely. So it's just, I don't know. I just don't know how you're that bad. I don't, I don't know. But uh, well, anything you, else you have to add on the Bears? I guess. No, I was gonna dive right into the Vikings, who are trending in the exact opposite direction. Uh, and currently have passed the Cardinals to be in the playoffs at this point. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you can't say I didn't kind of call it, did I not? Uh, no, granted, I thought it, granted, I thought it might be, and I was thinking the Cardinals might fall apart, but I was more so hoping that it would be Seattle uh, falling down. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see why the Vikings – wouldn't have been in the playoffs like they started one in five which is just like I don't know how Kirk Cousins played so bad in the first six games it was kind of mind-blowing I still don't think he's good enough to really win more than one playoff game but uh, you know I, I still think they probably squeeze in there somewhere I mean they played the Buccaneers this week if they beat them they're both seven and six and they have the tiebreaker over Tampa so it kind of just depends on which Kirk Cousins shows up in this game yeah, I mean, now that he's got Adam Thielen back, though. I mean, Justin Jefferson's looked great this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's filled in nicely for Diggs. So, I mean, as long as he has both his wideouts and Dalvin Cook, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why they can't keep it up. So. Yeah. Well, uh Maybe getting to the the AFC a little bit here. Uh, I mean, the the biggest just dumpster fire maybe besides the Jets, it's the Chargers. Like the Chargers are a team that are like three and nine and are trying to win, but are literally almost as bad as the Jets. It feels like so time for Anthony Lynn to go? Question mark. Uh, I think it is. I mean. Honestly, they've got good players. Like, it's not a team that's, like, starved of talent. Like, their offense is – they've got, you know, Herbert's been good. They've got Williams. They've got Keenan Allen. they got Austin Eckler. Like, this offense should, you know, should be fine. And they've got Bosa on the defense. You know, they got a couple other um, people on their defense. I mean, this team should not be as bad as they are. And Anthony Lynn has definitely made his fair share of questionable coaching decisions yeah. over the last few years. Um, I just, I I think it's probably about time. I don't think it should be something they should wait for the end of the year. I mean, they play the Falcons this week. You know, honestly, I think at this point, if you lose to the Falcons, I mean, you don't have anything to lose by firing Anthony Lynn at that point. So get, you know, get started on, you know, doing some internal evaluations and all of that. But I think he needs to be gone. Yeah. And honestly, I thought he was going to be a pretty good coach. Like after they beat the Ravens a couple years in the playoffs and, you know, they were like 11 and five or whatever. I thought that just, you know, looking upward for the Chargers and then next year with the same exact team, they go five and eleven, so 
I don't know if that's the Philip Rivers effect or if Anthony Lynn just inherited a good team for the first couple years he coached, but I agree. He's just made so many questionable decisions. They they really just need to clean house. I mean, how their special teams has been this bad for 10 years, it has to be the, the coaching staff. Well, and honestly, this doesn't have to be like a long rebuild or anything. No. Like, they've got good players in key positions in place already. It's honestly just needs to be they need to go out and they need to get a proven coach. Like they need, you know, they don't need to go after some risky they don't need to go out and hire Adam Gase again. <laughs> like but uh you know, they they need to go out and get themselves a good coach, you know, probably fill in with new coordinators. And, you know, maybe it might take a year or two to get under the system, but they've got the players to where, you know, they get a good coach in there. They add a couple, you know, to a couple places, maybe someone on the O-line, a couple more people on the defense. They could be a good team. So Yeah, I agree. Well, you want to move on to the worst dumpster fire of a team? And the Jets love the tank. Yeah, that was uh, that was such a classic ending. I mean, that was about the only <laughs> that's the most Jets way to lose. And then, you know, with the Raiders squibbing it out of bounds after that to set the Jets up to have a chance at a hail mary. I mean, the Raiders are starting to starting to crash and burn a little bit too. Granted, they're not full on dumpster fire yet, like the. <laughs> like like the Jets, and I'd say they're still far from that, but I mean the Raiders, this is this is back to back terrible performances by them. And I don't even know like what it is, because like Darren Waller had a fantastic game. It's not like Derek Carr looked horrible, but on on the possession where they didn't score a touchdown with like two minutes left, they had about 15 tries to score and they couldn't do it. So I don't know if it's play calling, you know, the defense seems to play good until kind of late in the game. And then they, they kind of crash towards the end. So I don't, I don't know. like, honestly what the Raiders are necessarily doing wrong besides maybe they just like to choke. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to figure out. They need to get back on track. Um, I mean, these performances obviously can't. And do you think it might be the lack of Josh Jacobs last two games? I mean, he got hurt against the like the first, second quarter against the Falcons. I mean, that's kind of what they go to is just pounding him, you know, 25 carries a game. Yeah, so. I, I, I don't think it was as much a problem in this last game against the Jets. I don't know. I mean, like you said, I think it's more of like a play calling or execution effort type of problem maybe. Like maybe they're a little bit complacent right now for some reason. Or, I mean, you know, obviously against the Falcons it's a different story. But, I mean, they, they put up points against the Jets. So I, I think it's more on the – I don't think it's as much of a personnel issue as it is – something in play calling execution realm yeah 
Well, what about the old, uh, a team you thought might uh, be overrated this year, Mark? The Cleveland Browns finally get a proven win. Are they actually good? They're good when Baker's good. <laughs> That's how I'd answer that question. I mean, they, they're finally putting it together. I mean, I, I've heard that a lot of people saying that Kevin Stefanski um, probably deserves to win Coach of the Year. And honestly, he probably does because the Browns have been so awful for years. And even last year when they were supposed to be, you know, everyone was talking about them last year being a playoff team and they didn't perform. So, I mean, they've got a good defense. They've got great running backs and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, uh, good wide out. You got Austin Hooper. Don't sleep on him. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd say they're a good team. Yeah, and, and honestly, I know we, we said this when Odell got hurt. They are a better offense when they do not have Odell Beckham. Like, Mayfield was kind of a guy at OU that liked to spread the ball around to a bunch of different guys, and he still likes to do that. And uh, whenever he's not trying to force the ball to, you know, particular people, you know, he can look pretty good. I know he's missed some open throws, but this past week he was throwing some dimes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope they – I hope the Browns can somehow get to the Super Bowl, honestly. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're a good team, so – well, did did you have any other storylines, or did you want to dive into our picks? Um, I mean, we can get into the picks here. I know. I think I gave you about three free ones this past week, so I might <laughs> might be a little bit safer this week uh, picking. But well, I don't. I don't know if I'd consider this first matchup to be a safe one either way. We've got the uh, cow- Cowboys at the Bengals. Complete toss up. I mean, man. I, I'm going to pick the Cowboys just because I, I don't even know. I mean, the, the Bengals just uh, – it's Brandon Allen. I mean, surely Brandon Allen can't beat us. But at this rate uh, – I'm thinking the same thing. i got to go with the Cowboys here. <laughs> so, If they had Joe Burrow, I'd probably pick the Bengals. But... Yeah, I mean, I'd probably do the same. But um... – Next, we've got the Chiefs at the Dolphins. I, I mean, I'm going with the Chiefs, but... Yeah, Chiefs. The only team I wouldn't pick the Dolphins over. Uh, now, we've got the Cardinals at the Giants here, which, you know, could be an interesting matchup. Yeah, I feel like the Giants almost maybe peaked this past week. And who knows, maybe they continue winning. And the Cardinals hit their valley... And I'm thinking it's going to even out a little bit more and the Cardinals get like a slim win. Maybe Zane Gonzalez can actually make a field goal. I'm going with the Giants here. I'm, I'm yeah, I, I, I don't fault you for that. I, I think they could win. I just, I, I'm going with the trend, you know. Giants are hot and Cardinals I, are kind of cold. So I'm just holding out hope the Cardinals can squeeze in the playoffs. But Well... You know, if the Cardinals win this week, uh, we've got the Vikings at the Buccaneers here. Um, 
know, so Vikings and Cardinals are going to be jockeying for playoff position here. You got the Vikings or the Buccaneers? Mm. Man, this is tough because I haven't really heard too much about the Vikings' pass rush being very good. The Buccaneers just coming off of a bye. I really want the Vikings to win this game, but I don't know. I feel like surely the Buccaneers will win. Maybe close. I think it'll be close. The Vikings seem to play to their opponent quite a bit, but I'm thinking Arians and Brady coming off of a bye. Got to pick the Bucks. So, uh, we've got Broncos and Panthers here. Man, this is a rough <laughs> week. Holy cow. This is this is hard. I don't know. I'll let you go first on this one. Hmm. I'm going to go Panthers, I think. Man, the Broncos played a t- tough game. I don't yeah, I feel like I feel like the Panthers are just slightly better. Maybe if, if this was in Denver, I'd go Denver, but I don't know, just slight I feel like this might be a field goal game. Yeah, I, I don't have a sound or solid reason. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of going with my gut here. Um, this next one should be an easy one, though. We've yeah. got Titans at Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jaguars hung in against Green Bay and Minnesota, but... they've Mike Glennon, honestly, at this point, the Bears might have, should have kept him. <laughs> <laughs> Quite he possibly. Hasn't, he hasn't looked half bad. He's looked better than Trubisky and Foles. <laughs> Uh, we've got Colts at Raiders here. Uh, I've got to go with the Colts just with the Raiders coming off of two awful performances. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts, but this could be a game where the, the Raiders just pull off something wacky. So Probably. but We've got the Jets at the Seahawks here. Um, I'm picking the Seahawks. Uh, yeah. No reason to explain that. Yeah. Uh, also, no reason to explain my Packers Lions pick. Yeah. Um, really, no reason to explain the Saints Eagles pick either. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is not. Maybe we'll get a lot of upsets this week. Well, we definitely had some last week. So, yeah. Falcons at Chargers. I'm picking the Falcons. Uh, I think that the Falcons probably come out hot, and this might be the game where this might be Anthony Lynn's last game with the Chargers. I I agree, honestly. I think this is what sends uh, them over the edge. Uh, we've got Washington at the 49ers. Nick Mullins <laughs> versus Alex Smith. Battle of the backups here. I'm going with Alex Smith's half-broken leg. You better bet I'm doing it, too. <laughs> they just beat the Steelers. Like, <laughs> got to go with them. <laughs> now, we've got the Steelers at the Bills here. I'd be interested to hear your take. I'm predicting right now Steelers losing the first round in the wild card. So, I'm going to go with the Bills. I, I think at right now the Steelers were teetering on the edge uh, of uh, kind of falling off. And uh, that loss to Washington, I think, is going to send them over the edge. I'm going to pick the Steelers, and I'm going to say 
kind of the opposite logic you're using. Good teams bounce back after losses, and I still think the Steelers are a good team. I think they're going to bounce back. Sometimes I feel like you just need a wake-up call. I mean, the Packers seem to need one every once in a while. And I'm yeah, but wouldn't you think they would have had, like, the Cowboys game, if they, even though they still won that, but wouldn't you think that would have been a wake-up call? Or the atrocious performance look, against the Ravens? From what Look, for me watching Packers games, until you actually lose, it doesn't seem to take effect. I, I guess. Mean, I mean, I'm not really all in favor of the Bills still either, but I don't know. Uh, you, could, you could go either way. And then we've got Ravens and Browns. Uh, I'm going with the Browns here right in the hot hand. I'll go with the Ravens just to pick opposite and because this one, I don't even know. Sure, Maybe the Ravens, after just destroying the Cowboys, get back on track. I don't know. It could go either way. But. There should be some good games. You know, there's some that I think will be pretty predictable, but there's a lot of good games. On. Yeah. Well, do you want to switch gears from the professional realm and switch to the collegiate level? Nothing would please me more. Because the Big Ten Council, they're a bunch of pansies. Get them out of here. Get the Big Ten out of college football for this year. Get them out. I mean, I was pretty disappointed. When I saw that Michigan canceled, I was excited. Because I didn't think it would actually happen. But clearly, look, if this would have happened with Wisconsin, if Wisconsin had, you know, they hadn't lost Indiana, they hadn't lost Northwestern, they would not reschedule this. No. But since Ohio State is the Big Ten's baby, they're willing to do anything to make sure that they won't have a chance to get into the playoff. I I don't like this. The college football playoff, and here's the thing. I don't doubt that Ohio State isn't one of the top four teams. They probably are. But the Big Ten as a conference, and I get, you know, some people aren't in favor of punishing the players or whatever, but the college football playoff committee should punish the Big Ten for, A, canceling the season and then not holding to their standards and saying, oh, we are going to have a season. And then now saying you have to win six games to get into the conference title. And then walking that back and just put Ohio State in there. And, I mean, Ohio State is probably going to be 6-0 Big Ten champion. But, in my opinion, the playoff committee should just punish the Big Ten for constantly changing their the direction that they want to go, you know, the and it's just it's just not fair to the to the other conferences to the other schools that have played four more games that have you know withheld and and stood strong on the guidelines not having to cancel as many games like oh you had to cancel one game and that's it like and I actually I think they rescheduled that game as well so I don't think Oklahoma is even missing a game yeah they're not going to miss a game this whole season so and granted, I don't know if all of the cancellations are Ohio State's faults or whose fault is who in the Big Ten, but the fact that they decided to cancel their season and then come back and then still have, like, the most cases out of everyone, like, I don't understand how that happens. Like, 
it's just the, the Big Ten utterly failed this year in everything and handling this season. I mean, I think the committee, a lot of those people, should resign. Personally, I this has been another catastrophe. I mean, the players they've managed to make the players mad, the parents mad, the fans mad. I mean, they've they've basically managed to appeal to nobody. I know it's and just. It, I mean, you got to figure that Ohio State's can like at six and zero, and we had talked about this before the season started. Is would six and zero, seven and zero Ohio State get in there over? Like, if Iowa State or Oklahoma, if they were a one-loss Big 12 champion at 10-1, and one, would Ohio State at 6-0-7-0 still get in, do you think? I mean, I want to say no, but I honestly think they would. I, I just think that the the playoff committee also loves Ohio State and I do anything they can to get them in and I think like yeah like I agree like obviously Alabama number one like the top three should be what they are but to me I think you should just reward the schools I think you should reward whoever the Big 12 champion is for not having to miss any games for playing basically a full season you know, they didn't play as many non-conference games, but nobody did. So you should reward, in my opinion, the Big 12 champion. I even absolutely though I, agree. Even though I think Ohio State is probably the better team. But for what this season is and having, you know, having to have the college players follow the guidelines, I mean, that's rough if you're a football player and you're having, you basically get no, like, semester this semester because you're so worried about, you know, getting the virus and potentially costing your team a game. And, yeah, I just think the Big Ten as a conference should be punished by not having a team in there. But at this rate, Ohio State will probably 6-0, make it in, and then win the playoffs. So, Well, let's, you know, because I think the top three are, you know, pretty unanimous. Um but let's let's not go from who we think will get in because I think Ohio State's going to get in. I don't agree that they should. Who do you think deserves to get in, though? I mean, it's in my opinion, it would be the obviously the Pac-12. Forget about them. <laughs> like they're going to play like five games, so and nobody's even near as good as Ohio State in that conference. To me, it would have to be the Big Twelve champion. I mean, it's, you're going to have a two-loss Big 12 champion. It's either got to be that, or it's got to be an undefeated... I mean, let's say Cincinnati goes 9-0, and Ohio State 6-0, and but Cincinnati wins the, you know, the Athletic American Conference at 9-0. Why not... This would be the year to give a non-Power 5 conference a chance and say, hey, we're giving you a chance. If you win a game, if you beat Alabama, if it's a competitive game, we might consider you guys undefeated, you know, an undefeated non-power five conference going into the future. But I think if not this year, they're never going to get a chance. So, yeah, those I, would be my two votes. I agree with you. So, well, you know, I, there's not too much more to say about college uh, football, but 
the old college basketball. My Dukies uh, played yesterday against Illinois, which I didn't even realize was, you know, a top 10 team. But we got destroyed. And then after the game, Coach K said we should reevaluate playing. Does that mean either A, Coach K, is he getting washed as a coach? Is he getting too old? Or does he just not believe in the players this year? Because I have to say, our freshmen do not look very good compared to the last two to three years. So I'm going to say I think a big part of it is probably a lack of preparation. And that goes for most coaches. I mean, you just don't. You didn't have as you didn't have as much time this year, you know, to really get prepared for the season. I think, That's and fair. so and so I think a lot of coaches and a lot of teams, it's probably going to take them a little while to hit their stride, um, in the season. I mean, I think another part of it is we've already seen a lot of cancellations. Like Wisconsin is playing Rhode Island right now as we speak. Um, I don't remember who we were playing originally, but that. On Monday, the game got canceled because um, of COVID, and they just they slotted in Rhode Island. So, with so many cancellations, I think some of the coaches might be because obviously it's demoralizing if last year, you know, your team like again, you know, I'm gonna say Wisconsin because Wisconsin was this way. You know, they're cruising, they're hitting their stride, they look great going into the tournament, and it just gets canceled again. I mean, it's obviously so disappointing for the fans, for the coaches, for the players who have put in so much time over the year. So I think some of the concern, I mean, obviously I, I don't think the NCAA can really afford to let that March Madness get canceled again. But I, I think there's a little bit of a concern there. I, I'm not going to say Coach K is, you know, getting washed up as a coach. <laughs> um, I'm never going to make that claim. I mean, part of it probably is he doesn't feel as comfortable with his team. I haven't watched any Duke basketball, but if your freshmen aren't doing great, you guys don't exactly have the highest retention rates. So, Yeah, it's, it hasn't looked great so far, but uh, who knows. We're still early in the season. but. And honestly, as far as the uh, March Madness goes, I think even last year, once it hit, like, you know, they should have, like, really just postponed March Madness, I think, initially. And I think by May they could have done some sort of 16-team tournament there. Um, you know, and I think this year, I think they know more about it, that they could surely some sort of 16 or 32-team tournament in a bubble that lasts, I mean... You know, they usually play for four days, take a three-day rest. I think they could they could squeeze in a 16- or 32-team tournament in a week and a half versus three weeks. So, I don't know. I think they could I think they could pull it off if they really wanted to. The other thing is, like, college basketball, it's a lot more traveling and a lot more games in college football. So, I think you're right. I think you're just going to have to deal with a lot of cancellations and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's any real perfect solution to any of this besides just cancel games if need be and try to isolate as much as possible, I guess. Yeah. 
I don't think I have anything else to say in regards to college basketball. No, nah, not really too much. Just hopefully they can keep keep the season going. Well, uh, you know, we can switch to the MLB. I know your Rangers have been active, and uh, we have, you know, probably beginning their rebuild. But I'll let you talk about that. Our rebuild that has lasted the last four years, uh, or really every year since we made the playoffs, like three or four years ago, but. Anyway, we we hired Chris Young, a former player, as our GM. But unfortunately, we retained John Daniels as president of baseball operations. So how much is going to change as far as what goes on and, you know, what we do from the GM role? I'll be interested uh, we traded Lance Lynn, which like like two or three days after we hired Chris Young, so not sure if that was Chris Young or if that deal was had already kind of been going, and we were just waiting until after the season to trade Lynn. I, I imagine we were just kind of waiting to trade uh, trade until after the season to to kind of give him a proper Texas Rangers send off, I guess. But we received Dane Dunning and another. Uh, left-handed pitcher that's I think he's like 23 or something like that and has had pretty decent stats in the minors I think he had like a 2.5 or so ERA in the minors so not a bad haul usually we get pretty crappy things in return for our players so it was nice to see we actually uh you know we actually brought in something and I think both uh teams benefit you know the White Sox, obviously, I, I think that's kind of one thing they had been lacking was really good pitcher, and then I, I'd say they still need maybe like a veteran batter, maybe somebody like DJ LeMahieu or something. What do you think? I'm sorry, I I didn't hear that last part. What did you say again? Uh, I was just talking. I, I think the White Sox got a, another step closer, you know, by getting Lance Lynn, but yeah. I would say they still need maybe a veteran batter, maybe DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, but does that really make up for them hiring Tony La Russa as their manager? Because mm. I think that was such a horrible hire still. I mean, La Russa was kind of losing it at the end of his tenure with the Cardinals. I don't think he fits the culture of that White Sox team at all. So No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I had... I had I don't know. I still think they're going to have some issues with their manager, but yeah, I mean Lance Lynn's a, it's definitely a good trade for them. I mean he's he's been a solid pitcher over the last two years for the Rangers. So, I mean, the White Sox obviously need to acquire. You know they're moving on. They moved on from Carlos Rodon um, by not tendering him. You know they're kind of in that mode where, you know they kind of I think they see a contention window here. So adding Lynn's definitely a good first start. Yeah. Is there any other baseball news? I mean, for you know, since last week, I know you went over a lot of like the tender and stuff like that uh, last week. Uh, but I wasn't sure if there was any other, maybe some small stuff. Uh, there, there is something involving an MLB umpire. Um, now, before I say this, this is a report. All people are innocent until proven guilty. Not, you know, trying to blaspheme anyone here, but MLB umpire Brian Onora um, 
apparently was caught up in a um, prostitution solicitation ring. Um, and so he's pleading not guilty to the charges of that, but, you know, never good, uh, or I guess it was a human trafficking ring, allegedly, but um, not a good look for MLB, the MLB, obviously, to have one of their current umpires yeah. uh, facing those charges. Um, aside from that, I haven't really seen too much going on. Part of the thing that sucks with the league right now is – and I don't agree with the MLB hasn't given a definitive answer on the DH. They did tell clubs to plan for the DH disappearing in the NL. Granted, it's pretty obvious to me at least that because the CBA comes up um, after this next season, that's probably just going to be reenact. Like we're going to have an all league DH probably going into 2023. So didn't they already say that the DH was going to be here for this next season though? So I I think it was part of the deal was that the league like Manfred could make a determination and could have the DH in league wide. Well, that's but they haven't actually made an official answer yet to clubs. They've told them to prepare as not to have the DH, but I think it's kind of stupid, but yeah, I, I feel like it had such success this year. Especially some teams that, like, kind of some of the NL teams that maybe traded or signed a guy this past year for that role. I mean, now what are they going to do with that guy? I mean, he's just going to be sitting on the bench if they don't have a DH. So well, that might the, be unfortunate for some of the NL teams. Well, but. the Brewers just re-signed Daniel Vogelbach. Oh, uh, baby, he's useless if you don't have a DH. <laughs> I, I, so I guess we're only planning to play him <laughs> when we're when we're in playing AL clubs, but uh, I don't know. That, knowing the Brewers in the past, we haven't really cared about defense as much, so they might still just strut them out there. But um, I did see that we're interested in Jock Peterson, though. Mm. And... I'd definitely be intrigued with picking him up and bringing in Michael Franco as well, but still have those, those would be pretty good signings. It'd be a lot better than our platoon of Eric Sogard, Jed Jerko, um, Justin Smoke, Logan Morrison, uh, and probably like two or three other players that we cut really quick. That we platooned at third and first base, so I'd take it. Yeah, you guys just—you really just need Yelich to perform again next year, but I'm sure he will. I'm not worried about it. You know, you see all the you see all the fa- the fans in the comment sections like, "Oh, Yelich is trash. We shouldn't have signed <laughs> to a big deal." I'm like, this, you know, maybe if it was like a one-year breakout that he had, but he's been a good hitter over his entire career. There's nothing to worry about. Plenty of other, I mean, are Dodgers fans really worried about Cody Bellinger? I mean, personally, I would because I think he's overhyped. <laughs> but, I mean, there are a lot of players who struggled in this last season. It wasn't just Yelich, so I think they'll be <laughs> fine going into this next year. Uh, Cody Bellinger. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really have anything from the NBA. I mean, 
I feel like we covered most of that this past week. So I know the season season will be starting here in uh, a couple weeks here on Christmas Day. So uh, that should be interesting. But uh, and then Mark, we forgot our Rutgers fact for this week. <laughs> Rutgers fact. Rutgers has a horrible football and basketball team. There's mm. your fact. True. Well, that's a very true fact there, Mark. Um, well, I guess uh, it's time for the sports we don't care about. And honestly, I don't have much for this section. Uh, so, about the only interesting thing I thought that happened was Floyd Mayweather is coming back to get an easy win and an easy million dollars. To fight Logan Paul. Yeah, I uh, I don't think this is going to end well for Logan. <laughs> I mean, granted, Mayweather's not an offensive bat boxer. I feel like Logan's going to come out pretty reckless and uh, it, just going to get tired out, and then Mayweather's going to knock him off his feet. <laughs> Logan Paul's probably a worse version of McGregor, so... Yeah, it's, uh, to be honest, I don't know, like, who approved this fight or what, but boxing is just slowly turning into really, really dumb fights, so. Yeah, a lot, I know a lot of big boxing fans feel like these exhibition fights are disgraceful to the sport and to some of the great boxers, so, um. I yeah I mean yeah they bring I mean, in they bring in money and frankly that's what a lot of people care about so yeah it's just kind of wild because you kind of would rather see I mean it's Floyd Mayweather Mayweather you'd rather see him fight I mean I know Pacquiao's kind of aging and have him go up against uh, Conor McGregor know, again have him go against McGregor and Pacquiao at the same time hell that'd be that'd be <laughs> really exciting but but yeah well and then the good old MLS well have I got a treat for you <laughs> oh boy <laughs> we have got a celebration we have to do today oh what is that apparently today is the 25th anniversary of the MLS. Oh, man. Which is the only news I can find when doing a quick Google search. I can't tell if their season's still going on. Now, I uh-huh. will say, Mark, I w- was a disgrace. And I was watching Scott Van Pelt, and I saw that Seattle, like, either made to the championship game or won some playoff game or something. And so I guess Seattle's in the playoffs or something. Congratulations, Seattle, and congrats to the MLS on 25 forgettable years. Man, I didn't even know it existed that long. Honestly, I'm a little surprised it's only been 25 years. It's so young compared to other leagues, but... I know. Probably because Americans didn't really care about it until... Honestly, like five years ago was the first time I'd ever seen anybody <laughs> like wearing an MLS jersey or something. Yeah. Assuming that was MLS, not like Barcelona or something. I don't know. Yeah. But 
Happy birthday to MLS. Hope for 25 more forgettable years. So, um, well, I, I don't have anything else to add if you don't. No, I'm pretty good. This was a nice little wrap-up right here. Yeah, well, this has been episode 12 of the MJ Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.